my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great. Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here's a quick peek at our supplement, product, course, and book of the month for June 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for June is Turmeric Boost. This is our very own BCM95 highly absorbable form of turmeric. The 10% discount code in office or online is DFLAME10, case sensitive. Our book of the month is Sacred Cow, Why Well-Raised Meat is Good for You and Good for the Planet by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. The product, well, it's actually a course of the month is Lifebook. Lifebook is a one-of-a-kind lifestyle design system that guides you toward your personal vision of success in a 12 dimensions of your life. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes on iTunes, posted on social media, in our weekly newsletter, and at our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, it's Dr. No and Dr. Mike, two-thirds of your BYWG team. This week, we are your podcast guests, as we do every single month, the first Monday of every month, where we take a highlighted look at one of our premium supplements, and this month for June 2020 is Turmeric Boost. Hey everybody, welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. I'm your co-host today, Dr. Mike Akinfora, and I have a return visitor, Dr. Ellen Vora. Dr. Ellen, how are you? I'm doing well. Mike, how are you? I am I am now doing well, uh, as our audience knows in my uh, health trials and tribulations. I'm going to read Dr. Vora's uh, bio, and then she wrote an article that I really wanted to introduce to you guys um the interesting thing is that we were just talking i contacted dr vora march 20th of 2020 because i read her article on three tips to deal with covid induced anxiety and i wound up getting ill and i wound up getting covid with pneumonia and there were really um, there was a lot of anxiety and I am generally not an anxious person, um, but going through this, uh, I could relate to it. So it is still top of mind. And I wanted to let me just uh, introduce her and, and do the bio. Ellen Vora, MD, graduated from Columbia University Medical School, received her BA from Yale University in English, and is a board certified psychiatrist, acupuncturist, and yoga teacher. Dr. Vora takes a functional medicine approach to mental health, considering the whole person and addressing the problems at the root rather than reflexively describing medication to suppress symptoms. She specializes in depression, anxiety, insomnia, women's mental health, adult ADHD, bipolar, autoimmunity, and digestive issues. Dr. Burrell also does corporate wellness presentations, most recently at Etsy, Refinery29, Brunswick Group, uh, Palantir, KKR, Jane Street, First Dibs, On Deck, Just Works, Investopedia, Allen and Company, One Medical and Everyday Health. She authored the chapter on complementary alternative medicine in psychiatry in the textbook Mount Sinai Expert Guide Psychiatry. And you can find her courses on anxiety and insomnia at Mind Body Green. 
Dr. Vora, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Mike. It's good to be here. It's 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 great to talk to you. Um, so back in March, right when this just started to take off, you wrote this phenomenal article, and I, I knew I wanted to get you back on the show. I just didn't think it would take this long. Um, so you wrote this article. This is really, that was like before it really started to hit home. Um, tell me about it. Share it with our audience. Yeah, I mean, those were early days, and I've certainly had um, sort of an evolution in how I'm addressing this with my patients and in my platform. But um, I think something that was relevant then that is still relevant today is basically how to how to navigate this and how to hold space for all the feelings that are coming up, but also how to come back to a place of calm. And um, that I think there's so much that we can all do. Awesome. Um, so let, let's 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 hit this first one. So you, what you said was make necessary changes to your information diet. What do you what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I think about our information diet like very similar to our food diet. It's what you eat. You know, you recognize you're ingesting it. You're letting it into your body. You're incorporating it. It's becoming part of your cells, part of your body. So some of us are really conscious about what we put in our mouths and what we want to take on. Um, We kind of get it with food, but I think it's time to also really get it when it comes to what we let our eyes see, what we hear, what we read, what we contemplate. Um, It all has an impact. And right now, it's been true already, but it's especially true right now is that there's so much, you know, there's the the 24-hour news cycle and there's um, around every corner people are talking about coronavirus and, you know, everyone's giving their take. And um, I think that it behooves us all to make very conscious choices about our information diet, about where we get our news and what we read and how often. And I think right now, There's a problem with the fact, it's basically an incentives issue. We're in the attention economy where our attention is the commodity. And um, so if you can think about from the perspective of a news organization, um, they really have an incentive to grab your attention so that you will tune in and stay tuned in and um, stay very engaged. And I think that right now, the coronavirus is not a situation that needs any additional drama. You know, it is already heavy duty and serious, but I do think that the news organizations do have a tendency to sensationalize and sort of prey on our fear and exploit that aspect of the human brain, which is that when we're really stirred into a fear response, it makes us stay very engaged and we give them our attention and they get better clicks and ad revenue and so on and so forth. But it leaves us in a real fear state. And I think right now, a fear state is is acceptable. You know, I think that it's totally healthy to hold space for ourselves as feelings like fear are coming up. But you want to be the one kind of driving that ship. And you don't want to just be um, kind of put over and over into a fear response because the news is motivated to sensationalize and to kind of make things feel particularly extra dramatic. It's really interesting. And I'm going to um, generalize here, but I feel like my generation, your generation, we're we're not necessarily 
glued to the TV, but our parents Mm -hmm. watch this thing from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed. Oh, dear God. And uh, I I know my mother and my mother-in-law both are avid news watchers, and they hang on it, like, with bated breath. And and, And I tell my mom, like, just turn the TV off, please. Stop watching the news from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. It 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 saddens me that they, but they grew up with the 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 side part, the sidebar to this is they grew up with Walter Cronkite. They grew up with Edward R. Murrow, like all these people who who gave them the news, and that's what they grew up with. So it's a really hard transition for them to get it in a. Um, what do you do with your email? Like when you don't wanna when you don't wanna get unsubscribe. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, unsubscribe. Yes. Um, so it, it I, I see that a lot with my patients that, you know, and I have to honor them when they come in because that's really all they want to talk about. And, and I just listen to them. I do tell them, like, really try to limit your time in front of the TV. Get up and at least walk around the apartment. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I think that um, you're exactly right that in a way, the parent generation, um, you know, when they were young and vulnerable, TV came on the scene and said, hey, let's addict you to this. And mm-hmm. the younger generations now, it's it's really the phone and social media came on the scene and said, let's addict you to this. So even though, you know, your typical 27 year old right now is not glued to the TV 24 seven, they probably don't even have cable, right? They have, you know, yes. Netflix and Apple TV and things like yep. that. But, um, but they are glued to social media 24 7 and it's no better it's a little different it's they're both echo chambers in their own rights but um they you know take slightly different approaches absolutely um talk to me about the second one where you say practice an acceptance rather than a resistant attitude yeah so emotions in general i really think about them like water and um there's a chinese medicine way of of understanding how we feel which is like that we are this bamboo tree in a centered we're kind of centered straight up and down and then the wind blows and we sway in one direction or another but we come back to our center and i think that with emotions if we can trust that we have a center baseline but that when something comes we don't need to resist it. We can let it, you know, make us bend with the wind in a particular direction. And we can really go into it and feel it and trusting that we come back to our center point. And I think right now, always, but especially right now, <clears throat> there's so many emotions to be feeling. You can be feeling fear and uncertainty and stress and grief and in certain cases, even some positive emotions, right? Like for some people, I have a lot of patients who are introverted and very sensitive Mm -hmm. and they find quarantine to be actually very calming to their nervous system Um, even if they have financial stress layered on top of this they like the lack of running around and taking the subway and interfacing with people all day in their jobs Um, and so you know allow yourself ambivalence allow yourself to actually feel all of the good bad and ugly feelings that are coming up right now and don't resist any of it just make space for all of it don't judge yourself for any of these feelings 
be okay with it changing minute to minute and just keep holding space for it, but also trusting you can come back to your center and you really are the one in control of what your baseline looks and feels like. And don't sort of outsource that to, like we talked about, like to the way news might want to make you feel. You choose how you want to feel at your baseline and really proactively cultivate that, but also recognize that you can flow in a number of different directions and you'll always come back to that baseline. Um, it's really interesting, as as our audience knows, and, and speaking to you about it before uh, we got on air, I I tested positive for COVID. I had bilateral pneumonia, and I was in the hospital. Now you got to remember, being in the hospital today, you no one comes to visit you. <laughs> no one comes to visit, and the nurses were coming in twice a day. Um, they'd come in to. Uh, check on me. They'd come in, run vitals. They'd take blood. Um, they'd come in, um, um, and then they'd come in with meals. So three times a day. Um, the really interesting, interesting thing was after the first day, I felt dramatically better going through it, um, and that was with hydroxychloroquine and and uh, the Z pack. Uh, but I had to for myself. There's only so much TV that you can watch. I had to get up and start moving and just walking back and forth in in my uh, in my hospital room. Um, isolation. I mean, truly was isolation. So it was, uh, again, as somebody who's not used to having anxiety, um, it, it was very anxious couple of days, even though I felt dramatically better after the first day uh, of medicine. Um, so the walking is my fall back to as I, uh, as I walk usually 15 to 17,000 steps a day, five to seven miles a day. And it was really important for me to be centered. I would turn off the TV and just start moving. And I, it was really slow. It was really, um, not what I was used to, but I was moving. It was huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good to know what our non-negotiables are in terms of what helps us stay whole and to just know like for, if it's walking, if it's a meditation practice, if it's connecting with a particular person, if it's a mantra, you know, it's just knowing what it is for you that takes you back to that um, and you can reach for it. It's best if it's something free and is with you all the time. You can just keep it in your pocket and pull it out whenever you need it. And yeah, and I think hospitals are challenging, you know, and this isn't to say if somebody needs to go, you know, you should absolutely go. But um, there's so much about the quality of the lighting and the beeps and the, you know, interacting with people in masks and, you know, PPE. And it's just, um, it doesn't send a signal of safety to our nervous system. It, it's very alienating and alarming. And I think that that's, you know, it's not exactly the perfect environment you know for being conducive to healing but it's the best we've got and um but to understand that if you're kind of triggered in that environment it's understandable but you can take steps to make sure that you just give yourself some semblance of what makes you feel whole and calm yeah it's really interesting because in in speaking to the nurses as they were coming in they're like you're 54 year old um you're 54 years old and um, when's the last time you're in the hospital? And I haven't been in the hospital in 54 years since I was born. I just, I've really done a good job of taking care of myself and been fortunate. 
but it was kind of like landed on Mars. Like it was completely alien to anything that I know. Um, and it was, it was, you know, it was scary. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, just my nine years of med school and residency, um, and research fellowship, that was enough for me to kind of feel, I have a lot of, I like, I don't want to misuse this term, but to me, it feels like trauma associated with the hospital setting. And and it's just like, it's an environment that makes me feel really unwell. And I've always just thought, um, what really creates health, you know? And I think that I don't mean to say like when the hospital is necessary, if you have COVID, if you are struggling to breathe, if you break a bone or have a heart attack, like thank goodness for our conventional medical setting. Um, but I think that what I know for myself and for my family, how to keep us well, it looks very different than a hospital setting. You know, it looks like nature and sunshine and fresh air and eating bountiful, nutritious food. And to me, that's health. And, you know, it's just so um, it's just such a stark contrast to what healthcare looks like. Absolutely. Like real, real health care. Right? And like you said, if I if I'm in an accident, uh, one of my mentors said, if I if my parachute doesn't open when I'm skydiving, please get me to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it really it really was um, just like you described it, which which leads me to the third point, differentiate between true versus false anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, talk about that. Yeah. So this is um, what I'm writing a book on now, actually, um, about anxiety. And I realized that we we really have two kinds of anxiety. We can feel false anxiety and true anxiety. And false anxiety is all of these different ways that just subtle, seemingly innocuous aspects of modern life trip our bodies into a stress response Mm. and make us feel um, a stress reaction, which can feel synonymous with anxiety, with panic. Um, And so basically, you know, that can be sensitivity to caffeine, that can be a blood sugar crash, that can be how you feel after a bad night of sleep, or how you feel after a night of drinking, um, or, you know, any number of other things. A really common culprit is when we're inflamed, whether it's from gut imbalance or eating foods that we don't tolerate. Um, And so all of these different aspects of modern life can really put us in frequent stress responses. And we perceive those, we experience those as anxiety, but they're actually all preventable. And it just requires some good investigative work, some looking under the hood in your body and recognizing where are you out of balance? What can you do to get back into balance? And then you're not having those stress responses anymore. You're not having any of that false anxiety. So that you can really get out of your life. You can eradicate it. Um, but there's still some anxiety that's that remains, even if you do everything so-called perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think of that as true anxiety. And it's not something to pathologize. It's not something to medicate away or you couldn't, you know, caffeine or blood sugar in a way if you tried it's there for a reason and it's it can really be talking to you about something in your own life it can be talking to you about something on a much bigger scale but it's there as a messenger and it's something not to resist or feel frustrated with um, but it's something to embrace and and cherish even and honor and and listen to and I think that when um, like I'll have patients that have true anxiety about aspects of their own life, like 
they know on some deep, quiet level inside of themselves that they're not in alignment with the work that they do or mm. that they're not in the right relationship or that they need to um, have a communication or a confrontation with somebody in their life where things are just kind of going along and, and they need to make amends um, and, you know, or any number of these things. And then some of my patients really have true anxiety that's on a much more global scale, like people feel anxiety about climate change. And rather than just sitting in that discomfort, I think it's a call to action. It basically says you're being you're being called to be an activist in this and to do your part. Um, And I've had a lot of patients, actually, who have walked around with a sense of doom, like a feeling that something's about to hit or go wrong for years and what's been interesting is that since coronavirus, they're actually feeling relief. They're ah. like, this this is what it was. <laughs> now I know. And so it's almost like they don't need to dread some big unknown in the future. Right. It's here. And now they can start dealing with it. That's fascinating. Yeah. So it, it, it actually, it justifies that thought that something big is on its way and and so now they can breathe. <laughs> yeah, it almost closes that chapter. It you know, closed, right. And now it's the action phase where you deal with what it is. I've, um, I, I know, you know, it's really interesting that you brought that up. Uh, I, I know most of us that are in health and wellness space and are and look at it from a functional medicine point of view. Um, a lot of times it was our own health issues that caused us to get into it or to look a little deeper underneath the surface. Um, but what you brought up, it's the first time and it really makes sense, um, for uh, a patient that they, they are to, they have overcome the obstacle and now it's time to become an activist because Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what they would do. Um, but a lot, a lot of my patients have gone on after seeing me, um, to to become uh, yoga teachers, to become like just taking exactly what you said and and become an activist in, in that in that respect, which is really fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's considered one of the most enlightened or highest defenses is altruism or it's basically taking what what's been a challenge in your life, taking what you've been through and fueling um, helping others with that energy. And I think that that's, um, it's, it's a really wonderful way to feel deeply fulfilled in our lives. Yeah, it is the, I mean, that, that is our, that is our mission is to be part of something greater than oneself. So you, you get to do this and, and help your fellow human beings. I mean, yeah. it takes that off of you, um, which is, which is awesome. Um, I'm very cognizant of your time. I know that you are uh, a busy doctor and mom and wife. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add to what we've been talking about? Hmm. Let me think for a moment. Sure. I think that one of the most important things for all of us to do right now, um, let me say two things. One sure. is to expand 
um, like it's very important to keep in perspective all the ways that that coronavirus is impacting everyone. It's impacting all of us differently. And, you know, you can see yourself sort of somewhere along the spectrum, like somebody might be really in, um, somebody might be sick, somebody might be losing a loved one, somebody might be losing their job and have a really uncertain financial future on the more extreme end. Somebody might be living with an abusive partner, you know, home is not safe. These are all really big concerns. Um, prison populations, homeless populations. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is maybe you can work from home and you don't have kids and you're introverted and you're kind of chilling right now. Um, <laughs> but I think everybody has some way that coronavirus is impacting their life. And it's important, I think, for all of us to recognize that even if you don't have the worst or the hardest circumstances, your struggle is still valid and it is okay to give yourself space to be um, to be having a, hard, a tough time with this and to give yourself space to, you know, not necessarily complain, but say like, hey, this is hard and to feel um, you know, it's okay to just show up and say, this is tough. Um, even if it's not the toughest, all struggle is valid. And I think that this is also just this, in some way, this great awakening. And the best thing we can do is show up in some form of meditation practice where you just sit in silence, in stillness for a few moments a day and just listen. I think of it like open inquiry where I'm just asking like, what should I be sensing right now? What should I be listening for? Um, you know, how can I show up in service? What am I going to learn from this? Um, and I think just a couple of minutes of open inquiry like that really helps frame this so that it's not just a, a challenge, but it's an opportunity for growth. I love it. I love it. Um, Dr. Vora, thank you so much for your time today. I am truly appreciative of you coming on the show and sharing and we will be in contact with you when you put your book out to be back on the show um and folks if you will do us a favor if you like what you heard please go to apple podcast or wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review it helps us to help others get this information out to people so we will see you soon thanks so much we'll talk to you later ciao and I'm back. Our June supplement of the month is BYWG's Turmeric Boost. Turmeric has been in the news for its surprising effectiveness to manage inflammatory issues and arthritic pain. However, not all turmeric supplementation is the same. Turmeric Boost contains BCM95, which is a patented form of whole turmeric that helps to address the absorption issues by providing a trademarked formula with 700 to 900% better absorption in human clinical trials. In addition, it doesn't require black pepper to be absorbed, but can be sensitive to some patients. We added medium chain triglyceride, MCT oil, to BYWG Nutrition's Turmeric Boost to encourage better absorption. Once again, no fillers, no wheat, no gluten, no dairy, just value, quality, and effectiveness. For the entire month of June, if you use the code DEFLAME10, that's lowercase D-E-F-L-A-M-E-10, you will receive 10% off this incredible anti-inflammatory aid. You can pick it up at our website at www.beyondwildestgenes.com or if you're local at our brick and mortar store. The June 2020 book of the month is Sacred Cow, Why Well-Raised Meat is Good for You and Good for the Planet by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. This is the first book of the month that hasn't officially been released yet, 
but Rob has been a great supporter of BYWG, and we are such huge fans of all his work, we decided to support his pre-release purchase. The book is officially released July 14th. The pre-order purchase code will be in the show notes and in the weekly emails. Our product of the month for June is Lifebook, an incredible life-altering program that all three of us have matriculated through. Lifebook is about you, created by you. It's a one-of-a-kind lifestyle design system that guides you towards your personal vision of success in 12 dimensions of life. These 12 areas are health, fitness, intellectual, character, emotional, spiritual, love relationship, parenting, social, career, financial, quality of life, and life vision. So comprehensive, so empowering. Check it out via the links and the materials we send out during this entire month. And as always, be awesome and never unawesome.